Hello and welcome to the Worn and Wound podcast. My name is Blake Bettner. I'm joined in studio here in Brooklyn with our producer, Josh. Josh, hello. How are you doing? How's it going? Nice hat. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, we have in the computer, we've got Zach Kazan. Zach, hello. Welcome. Hey. How's it going, Blake? Uh, real well. And holding down the West Coast for us, uh, there is Thomas Kalara. Thomas, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? What's happening, fellas? Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um so we have, uh, well, there's been some news over the past week that we thought we would talk about from LVMH uh, stuff to Audemars Piguet stuff to uh, the Taurus stuff. So a little bit of everything in there. Uh, before we get to any of that, uh, what are we wearing on our wrist today? Thomas, what are you on? Yeah, today I have the JLC Reverso. Nice. Um, nice. And I have it on a brown leather strap. Um, so yeah, that's what I got on and, I'm um, just finishing up the, the last bit of it for a review that should be live by the time this airs. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, I'm excited Very about nice. that. Uh, I know the Reverso is, is maybe a watch that we haven't, uh, talked a whole lot about on Morning Wound in the past. Um, but it's a really cool watch. It's got an interesting history. Um, and you are going to tell us how it, uh, well, what it's like in daily life, I guess. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You, I guess do, that's the whole theme of the the uh the write-up yeah can, can you wear a dress watch uh for for an extended period of time or can i at least wear one and um let alone it being a reverso so yeah, yeah. tell us this do you surf in it uh no, i haven't tried <laughs> okay. uh, I, I don't think well you I can't just flip it over to the other much. side and uh, seal it up there I, I don't i don't think that's how that works but, <laughs> okay. uh, maybe i might be missing something there <laughs> now that would that would be a cool reverso though right one where you flip it and close it shut and then it like water seals, seals it seals the case uh, yep. tight. yeah uh <laughs> something there right. highly water resistant reversos right like didn't they make the uh the squadra i think is the they've made some they've made some odd reversos over the years <laughs> yeah. uh, i think they've ventured they make, like, into titanium like highly water resistant reversos like, yeah there you go you it's know. i'm sure that it's just that canister that's in the middle there that yeah, uh, right. that is water resistant right it's, as long as that's sealed up then it's fine because it's just like a bearing thing that it slides on i think right so exactly yeah, yeah. and i think um the I, I, I'm not. I'm not too sure, but um, I I believe this has like 30 meters of water resistance. To oh, it. nice. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's it's a funky little watch, and even just you were saying that whole like me trying to figure out what to call the inner case or calling it a capsule <laughs> yeah. or you know just trying to figure capsule out what canister. proper yeah. terminology to use there. <laughs> the uh, yeah yeah I like that. Uh, well good yeah I'm excited to see that. Um, and a very cool watch and it looks great on that strap too. Zach Kazan, what are you wearing? I'm wearing my Grand Seiko SBGA 469. I haven't taken it off since the last time we yeah. uh, <laughs> spoke on the podcast. I've been wearing right. it pretty much every day. All right. Uh, and uh, no no regrets there. It uh, lives up to everything you had in mind for it. N- yeah, no. Hashtag no regrets. No it's, regrets. Uh, All right. Yeah. Uh, Josh, you got anything on there? Uh, yeah, I got my Seiko 5 back oh, out of the shop nice. so on yeah. that mesh strap yeah. did you get all your watches back you had them I got, serviced yeah i had them all serviced and uh yeah everything's working and ticking so right on yeah. um <clears throat> i think soon one of these weeks we'll have a steve on from over at central watch and we'll do a whole episode on demystifying service watch servicing if you can set us straight we can ask him all those questions i feel like it's a realm that uh that not enough people go into and it's kind of like a well, i don't know how that works mm-hmm. i don't know what to do here um so, anyways, keep an eye out for that sometime soon, and maybe think of some questions for him. You can send in to us. I am wearing a IWC uh, CO3, 
this is the, uh, well, I guess it's a big, not a big pilot. It's, it's a big pilot. Yeah, it's just the pilot's chronograph. The right? pilot's chronograph. Yeah, forty-one millimeters uh, done with the collective. Uh, I just put the strap back on it that it uh, that it came with. Uh, thought I'd give that a try for a little while. So, uh, yeah, what is new? We have we've actually it's been a it's been a pretty fill week of of news stuff. The LVMH stuff first uh, that uh, started last week. We we had some of that coverage on our site. Um, and then I almost forgot just uh, just today as we record this, or uh, maybe it was last night, we got news of those uh, new Grand Seiko watches. Uh, what was it? SLHGA005, something like that. So, some long yeah, reference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> these are impossible to remember. The uh, SLGA013 and the SLGH009. Uh, okay, so that wasn't too far off. Uh, so these are, uh, this is the 44GS case uh with that real kind of like broad lug um design with the that's got that uh that high beat movement and then the other one has the spring uh, spring drive movement in it yeah uh and they've got the uh the kind of like uh what what do they call that pattern that's on the dial it's kind of like a slice of wood almost so it's a they say that it's uh inspired by like stars streaking across the night sky um oh, okay so like hmm. their 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 press imagery has like what looks like like uh, you know like you'd see like time lapse of what like a star looks like when it's like moving across the sky and it sort of i guess oh. kind of resembles the dial i don't know like it, okay. i'm not sold that, okay. uh, that it really looks like that but yeah. um i wrote these watches up we'll link to it in the show it's like i i don't i i point on the article i don't really think that matters like i think that there's yeah. you know you either like the aesthetics of the dial or you don't um, yeah. you know to a certain extent like you know you get you kind of have to see beyond like what what grand seiko or any brand you know who makes yeah. a dial in this sort of way like wants you to see like it's just a, it's an aesthetic thing whether you either like it or not yeah it's an interesting look i i don't know why i thought uh like a diagonal cut of a, of a piece of wood yeah it looks like black like, wood I mean, panel. Like grainy, like definitely right? yeah. you could certainly make a case for that like but I, that looks it, it looks more like a like a you know um like a cross section of a piece of wood than like what i see when i look at the stars like just yeah you know, i mean the, the, Hampshire, the star story and the, the micro season all that stuff it's very nice and lovely and, yeah. and romantic uh but uh, but at the end of the day whatever like it's still a beautiful dial aesthetically it looks, yeah they, they look great yeah, yeah. so uh yeah I, I like these um quite a bit i like that blue one a lot um because that's i think it's under 12 millimeters thin or uh, in, in thickness and it's got uh, the same movement that is in the white birch uh yeah. and my biggest problem with the white birch of course was that 22 millimeter lux pan this brings it down to 19 um and uh and i think it's i think zach has a watch with the same case so i'm gonna have to to pry that off his wrist for a little bit and see what it feels like <laughs> um, yeah yeah like on it's a pretty big deal that they got the uh these new movements in the 44 gs case like this quickly i think a lot of grand seiko um you know collectors and fans are kind of speculating as to when these next generation movements would wind up in a heritage case or like any case besides the uh you know like the evolution nine style mm-hmm. cases that the that they've been in so far so um so yeah this really kind of opens things up for uh for grand seiko for the rest of the year and, and and beyond when it comes to how they use these movements yeah yeah very cool uh still a great movement great looking movement um as well um so yeah those are on the site we'll link to those 
but moving back to earlier in the week, I guess that was this week. I was I, I was with um, Oris in Vail, looking at some of their uh, a couple of their new releases for the year. I left on Sunday and I came back on a Tuesday, so my week is like all jumbled up right now. <laughs> so um, so bear with me while I figure this out. We'll 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 straighten it out. Uh, before I left, I went to an LVMH preview and got to see some of the new watches. I believe this past Monday is when uh, it officially started uh, virtually. It's not like it was open to the public or, or anything like that. But that's when all the embargoes lifted. So we saw new watches from Hublot, from Tag Heuer, from Zenith. Uh, uh, Bulgari. Uh, however, I did not see any Bulgari watches in uh, in my preview session with them. I did see watches from Hublot, uh, Hoyer, and Zenith, and we put something about uh, about each of them on the site. We talked about a watch uh, in a brand that uh, I don't know has ever appeared on the site in such a way, and that was a Hublot. They had a Big Bang Time Only Integral, uh, is what it was called. So. <laughs> All right, I think I said it in the article, right? Hublot maybe isn't, hasn't always been to all of our tastes, uh, maybe still isn't. That's totally fine. Uh, I was very surprised when I saw this watch and put it on my wrist how, uh, how well it wore, uh, how great it felt on the wrist, how, how good, uh, frankly, as far as big bangs go, it looked on, on the wrist. So this is a, it's a small, it's a 40 millimeter case, and it's very uh, slim, um, I think under 11 millimeters uh, in thickness. Uh, and that had the full uh, linked integrated bracelet, uh, but they're kind of like narrow links. So there's a lot of like points of articulation. So it was very comfortable in how it wrapped around. That a full black ceramic version, a full titanium version, and a full gold version. Uh, and I wrote about it on the, on, the, on the site. We had it in the office there for a little bit. Thank you to Hublot for, for lending us one. Um, yeah, and I got to say, not all bad. Maybe those guys over at Hublot get a bad rap sometimes and uh, sometimes maybe deserved. But uh, what, what did you guys think of this watch? Uh, in the pictures, at least. Did it mean anything? Did it move you? Any, any thoughts on Hublot after seeing this? Zach, what about you? So I, um, I've never quite um, understood like all the like vitriol that kind of gets like spewed at Hublot. I mean, like, I, I guess I sort of understand it. Like they have a reputation as being sort of a... I don't know, like the culture around Hublot is like maybe like not like as like watch <laughs> sure. nerdy as, sure, sure. as as other brands. I don't really know how to how to put it. They just have like a um I don't know, like the brand image just like isn't really quite in line with like yeah. a lot of like where watch enthusiasm is now. But like if you look at it from a high level, like they have a they do a lot of really interesting things with materials, I think. Mm-hmm. Um the designs are um you know, like you said, like probably not to all of our tastes all the time, but like they really go for it. Like when they, uh, like when they do, like they lean into their own style, which I mm-hmm. think is kind of worth celebrating. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, like, I mean, I, I, I haven't seen this, this new watch in the metal, but I, 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 you know, take your word for it that it's like, it's legitimately like a nice wearing mm-hmm. sports watch. Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely. It is. And, and yeah, I mean, like, look, we can't take all that stuff out on Hublot. I mean, like they're doing their thing and, and, uh, like they're pushing forward in their own way. It's not like they're like recalling a back catalog. It's not like that old of a brand that, you know, I think maybe like the, the early nineties or something like that, the, those MDM yeah. watches, um, and, and the whole like fusion of, of a precious metal case with, with like a rubber strap. Uh, so, you know, it, it's got its own, it's got its own vibe and, uh, you know, it, it's still, you know, maybe not for everybody, but, um, 
but I think they're capable of doing some pretty cool things, some interesting things. They, they do have their own suite of movements uh, that they make, the Unico uh, movement uh, in, a, in a few different forms. The movement that was in this, though, was not uh, one of their in-house units. This was a movement based on the Zenith Elite uh, 670, I believe. Uh, so, obviously, it's a movement uh, that uh, that's used throughout the um, uh, LVMH stable of watches. And it's a movement that appears in uh, some Zenith watches that have kind of a similar vibe almost because Zenith does some things with, with ceramic. They've got their black uh, open work version of yep. the watch. So uh, it's, it's not entirely dissimilar to that, I would say. Um, you, you called out the Bulgari uh in Slack the other day, that's a really good one too. In in terms of like a watch from the LVMH group that you can get is uh, that is uh, it's thin. What's well, thin? It's very very thin, right? Uh, especially for the prices. So these weren't cheap watches. These are like you know over fifteen thousand uh, dollars. But I tell you what excited me about this watch. There's nothing that they're doing there, and this is what I tried to point out in the article. Um, a lot of the stuff that they're doing now has kind of trickled down to a lot of the brands that we talk about more often, like the use of ceramics and um, uh, you know more refined bracelets that we're starting to see now. Like I didn't really see anything in this watch that was wholly unique to Hublot, like other than the look, of course. Uh, but I feel like that what they've what they've built here, like uh, th- there's nothing stopping really uh, any of the brands that we usually cover from making a watch that's like kind of in the ballpark of this. Uh, you know, if they can get, uh, it's not like there's there's anything super special about that elite uh, movement uh, there. I mean, it's a nice movement and all that kind of stuff, but it's but it, thin. It's it's, it's like thin. It's, it's it's thin, and they built a case like exactly around it, and yeah. and that's great. So I would love to see you know other brands kind of <laughs> go all in around uh, uh, you know a concept like this. Um, and, you know, I think now I don't know if, you know, just throwing out the words like it's a ceramic case and it's silicon this and that and it's integrated whatnot, like has as much value as it did maybe like 10 years ago to where, you know, oh, okay, I see a price tag of $20,000 and oh, yeah, but it's titanium or it's ceramic or something like that when we have, you know, um, or carbon or something like that and we see... You know brands like uh, like Christopher Ward or or um, or Formex or whoever like using some of these uh, uh, quote unquote exotic type stuff at a at a much more accessible price point. So um, so anyway, so that's what was was kind of like my uh, take on it. Uh, I feel like it's a cool watch, but if you want that kind of vibe, like you've got plenty of better options out there if you don't want to spend that much money. Uh, so uh, Thomas, what did you think of this watch? Yeah, I mean, when I, when I, I'm not familiar with the the brand as a whole and kind of, um, kind of like uh, their history and whatnot. But I just know aesthetically, it's one of those watches where you do. When I have seen it, I'm like, oh, that's 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 a Hublot. And I guess it's more so just because they're 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 big watches. They're um, uh, they're they're big. They come on that rubber strap. And uh, for them, for for this, especially with the Big Bang uh, um, integral, it's it's smaller. Uh, like you said, uh, it's more refined. Um, it's it's just a different look from um, from what I'm used to from Hublot, and uh, I don't think that's a bad thing. I yeah. think uh, I don't I don't see anything wrong with it. Um, like you said, there there's potentially better options out there um, if you don't want to kind of spend that much. On, on on this watch but yeah I, I like it I don't see I don't see anything wrong with it yeah. other than probably the price tag yeah the price the it's, <laughs> it's it's a lot right but uh yeah. 
you know, they've got a certain brand image they got to keep. <laughs> so my, my other issue with this watch is like the name. They call it literally time only. Uh, I, this is a small, maybe this is stupid. Maybe this is only like a, a thing that would bother a watch nerd. <laughs> it's called the time only, which is a term that we explicitly use to refer to watches that are just telling the time. Like hours, minutes, seconds. That's it. Do you guys think they're trying to appeal more to the like the watch nerd crowd with this watch? This feels like, uh, you know, hey, we see you kind of a watch. But then like ascribing this, I don't Am I reading too much into this? Does it does it bother you guys? It has a date on it, right? So that is a complication. Have a date. It has like a like a fully skeletonized date wheel. That's like a prominent yeah. like kind of aesthetic feature yeah. of the watch. Like you can see the date wheel, yeah. like circling the perimeter of the dial. Like it's just kind of like in your face. So yeah. it's a little ironic that they call it the. The, I, <laughs> the Big Bang integral date. Like, come on, that that would have made a lot more. A lot more sense in it uh okay so i'll, I'll get off this uh if, if <laughs> let us know if that bothers you as much as it bothers me uh but he blow come on those are the little details that people like us are uh you know are are, are gonna notice um all right so uh so moving on from Hublot, and they had some other cool uh well cool for Hublot. they, they had a, a yellow gold they're, they're really kind of moving into a bunch of yellow gold stuff uh now they had a yellow gold um I guess classic, like classic chronograph with like a flat black dial and uh, um, two registers with the, with the rubber strap and the yellow gold case. That um, you know, to me, is what I think of when I think of Hublot. Uh, that was um, you know not so bad. I'll say that uh, as well. I put it on; it wasn't so bad. And then they've got their like bigger. I put some in my. I put one in my Instagram stories. I don't know if you saw it. This green thing. It's like a this yeah, inspired thing. Yeah, Big bang, sing blue. Right. Yeah, that yeah. that thing that thing is cool. I got. All right, let me tell you something. All right, so Hublot gets a lot of flack from people. I got a lot of DMs in private about that. When I put it in my <laughs> stories, people were like, "Yo, not gonna lie, I kind of like that watch." Or, "Oh, that's actually pretty cool." All said in private. <laughs> I'm not gonna call anybody out, but uh, but I'm telling you, as an object, this thing is like uh, it's rather impressive. Um, I will say. Yeah, I, think it's, I think it's awesome. Like I love that green um, that green ceramic one. So that one is that's twenty seven thousand dollars the i call it the green goblin the green it, it looks a little yeah. bit like the green goblin yeah so how much is the the one that you handled like the one that i saw so the titanium one starts at like 16 7 okay. or 17 to something like in that ballpark yeah okay so there's a fairly large delta between yeah. between the two yeah i'd still i'd, I'd still I'd, I'd i'd pinch pennies and get the get the green goblin you get the green goblin if, if, like, if, I, if i was if i was if i needed to buy a hublot for some weird reason you're going that's all not, in that, on Hublot. That's the one I'd go for, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is uniquely like, them there, yeah. Yeah, I feel like cool. looking at that dial, you're going to have to like really squint to like tell the time there. I have a cell phone, so yeah. it's fine. <laughs> I have a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. All right, let's uh, – this is um, – maybe we've lost all our listeners by now when you listen to Hublot podcast. All right, let's move on. We've got uh, Tag Heuer also had some releases. Uh, they had a new Aqua Racer with a steel bezel, and uh, and they ditched the uh, Cyclops over the date on the crystal. Thomas, you wrote about these. Um, tell us a little bit about it. I think there was two versions. Yeah, there was um, one in an uh, automatic movement and another one in quartz. And the automatic came in uh, two different colorways. One, it, it was in a... Uh, Fume type of um, uh, design, uh, one black, one blue, and the quartz one, which is kind of like the one that I uh, lean towards, uh, came in a, a solid 
black and a silver color. And yeah, uh, like you said, they ditched the they ditched the uh, the Cyclops at six o'clock. Uh, now they have a steel insert as opposed to the ceramic bezel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like it. Um, it's in 40 millimeters. That's the biggest yeah. thing. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, the they were 43, I think, right? Right, right. From the Aqua Racer 300. So this one is the Aqua Racer 200. Now it's 40 millimeters. Um, and it just looks great. Uh, in the beginning of the, the, the write-up, I had mentioned that I used to own one of these about like 10 years ago. And mm. this was, again, one of those watches where... Um, kind of was like my foray into into watches um i just thought it was it was it was a cool looking watch um it was just well made from from handling it Mm. uh and i get a little bit of nostalgia when i when i uh when i see this one so yeah yeah yeah, no it's 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 a it's a it's a decent watch and i it's we were chatting over slack um uh, a couple of days ago, just talking about the polished center links. So that was like really <laughs> yeah. the only yeah. thing there that uh, kind of um, was like a little thing for me. But yeah, it's overall, it's a, it's 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 a nice one. It's nice from Tag from Tag Heuer, and uh, they're moving in the right direction there with the Aqua Racer. Yeah, this was this was um, the the watch that I was most compelled by at uh, at Tag Heuer. Uh, I tried both of these on, and uh, and I'm with you. I like the quartz one. The quartz one ditches the date, um, so it's just that kind of like it's like a ridged, like with horizontal uh, ridges that go um, that go across the dial, and then how the color is, it's like almost subtle, uh, but it wears really well at 40 millimeters. And I agree, this is like a pure nostalgia when I think of Aqua Racer in my head. This is the watch that, like, I saw them and I was like, oh, this has existed forever, right? And, uh, of course, you know, it was a new one. Uh, like, in my head, though, that is what I pictured as, a, as an Aqua Racer. I like these a bit, quite a bit. The uh, the Quartz version, uh, it's like $1,500, $1,600, something like that. Uh, and the automatic one, I think it's around $2,500. Um, so, you know... <laughs> I don't know, like the brand might be worth something there, Tag Heuer, but when I think of like, okay, great, Diver Quartz, like I'm thinking more in the five to $600 range, but you know, Tag Heuer is probably not going to do that because they're Tag Heuer. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what these do on the, the second-hand market. I like the watch uh, regardless, and it's still, you know, accessible, I guess, uh, price-wise, I would say. So um, so nice job, Tag Heuer there. Uh, Zach, do you have any thoughts on the Aqua Racer? Do you like the Aqua Racer? Um, I mean, I, I do like the Aqua Racer. It, I, I agree with you, Blake, it kind of, um, and with you too, Tom, like it definitely hits like a nostalgia, like, you know, sector of my brain when I see these watches. Like I kind of had the same reaction. I thought like this watch has like existed for a long time. Um, like, yeah. It reminds me of, um, I guess it was the Aqua Racers or maybe they were branded differently, but like those tags that like I would have seen like at Macy's, like, you know, 20 years ago, you yeah. know, like when I was like kind of first starting to like, you know, just kind of like barely get into uh, you know into this stuff a little bit mm-hmm. um and like it it i think it's like it's still kind of a nice like kind of entry point if someone wants to get into like a um like a decent um like you know swiss brand with some heritage you know, get a nice watch you can wear every single day without a problem um mm-hmm. and uh yeah no they're they're cool i like the I, i'm partial to the blue dial i like the blue fernet uh, right on. yeah that's lovely uh so yeah i mean if you're if you're looking at something like a black bay uh but that's like a little out of reach, uh, price-wise. I would definitely check these out. These are, are pretty awesome watches. Or if you just want something like a little more like contemporary, like there's, yeah. you know, the, the Black Bay is very much kind of rooted in like yeah, that kind of retro. Like a yeah. And I think five. I don't this, know what it is different. to like that like kind of like that twelve-sided bezel. Like I don't know if like for people that's 
for most people that's nostalgia or mm. that's what makes it more modern. I don't know. Like it's just, um, and I feel like that's new on, on that watch. I, I think that 12 sided bezel was new on the aqua racer 300 because typically it used to be like a round bezel. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's what makes it a nice, that nice balance of old and new, or if that's like, and it just seems like had they been, like, I always ask myself, like, were they doing that back in the day? 12 sided yeah. bezel. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a look that's that's unique to it for sure, um, and I and I think they will do uh, very well. Check those out if you haven't uh, seen them. I think you know that's the kind of watch that it's easy to just kind of like skip right over because it looks so familiar and there's other like flashier things kind of around it. But then in time, you kind of like come back to it. You're like, oh wait, that was pretty cool. That watch is pretty cool. Uh, so um, yeah, it would be nice to we'll, we'll have to try and get our hands on one of those for more of an in-depth uh, review. I think will probably be in order. Um, and then moving over to Zenith, uh, one of the big releases that they did this week was, uh, well, I guess they had a couple. So uh, they had the prior Monday, they released uh, that D5 revival um, that was uh, that brought back the the kind of original D5 design. Uh, and then a, a week later, Monday, they showed the D5 Skyline. Uh, this was supposed to be kind of a modern take on the D5. Uh, and it uh, it retains the kind of well, it's like an eight sided uh, kind of bezel s- set into this case, and uh, it's a bit bigger than than the revival, but it's got uh, this trick uh, movement. I guess time <laughs> time only uh, El Primero uh, m- movement uh, that beats at uh, thirty six thousand uh, VPH. So the running seconds hand over at nine o'clock makes a full lap around that little subdial in uh, ten seconds. Uh, a rather frantic uh, watch to have on your wrist and read the time, I will say, after I got some time with it. Uh, but it's cool. And, and the dial itself has this texture that's kind of like uh, the Zenith star that was on the case back, uh, made into a pattern. Uh, Zach, you wrote about these uh, watches. Uh, what did you think of the Revival? And do you think that the Sky Sky Lake, Skyline, is a, Skyline. Skyline is a proper modern rendition of it? Um. So I think the revival was very, uh, very nicely done. Um, you know, it's sort of, um, you know, it's in line with other, um, you know, revival watches that Zenith has released over the last couple of years. It's pretty close, not exactly, uh, you know, the same, not an exact one for one remake of the original watch, but it's like it, it hews fairly close and they, they you know, it, certainly the point was to kind of like reintroduce that like very unusual kind of like defy case to the public after mm-hmm. um after so many years so um and I'm, I'm a fan of that stuff like i'm a you know as i've talked about many times i'm a big zenith fan i love vintage zenith so um so like i i love that that's like back out there kind of yeah. like you know for public consumption um i wasn't like immediately blown away with the skyline when i first saw it like i'm really curious to get my hands on one mm-hmm. at some point um, and really take a closer look at it. Um, it, like mainly to see what that, what that pattern on the dial looks like in person and like how it plays with light and, and everything. Um, I, I think like the case is good. The case looks very similar to the Defy Classic, which I, I owned a Defy Classic, the ceramic mm. one. I wrote yeah, about yeah, that that's right. a few yeah. years ago. Um, and, uh, you know, love that watch. I, like, I think the modern Defy is a really great sports watch very easy to wear um and this looks like it's like it's pretty close to that in terms of uh in in terms of case shape and size um and i think it's pretty cool what they did with the movement um kind of stripping away the chronograph functionality of this like high frequency el primero um 
there's no real like functional purpose to having that second hand spinning around the dial so fast. It's just kind of a, <laughs> uh, I think it's just kind of Zenith like showing off a little bit, which yeah. um, is like a big part of watch manufacturing, you know, mm -hmm. like since the beginning of watch manufacturing. So um, I think that's fine. Um, so I, I'm just, I'm really curious to, to see one in person. And um, I'm excited that this might mean like more variations on this, uh, you know, on this format and this platform. And we might see additional defies, limited editions. Like we saw what happened with the, um, you know, with the Chronomaster over the last few years, there were just like so many cool, like limited yeah. editions. And mm -hmm. uh, like you, we've talked about it endlessly on the podcast and on the, on the site. So like, yeah. if that happens with the, with the Defy, like that could be really cool. Yeah. And, yeah. And like we've mentioned before, like by and large, they're all pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, all, like I, it's easy to get fatigued on the stuff, but like when they come out with, uh, with them, I, I think they are for the most part, like pretty spot on, um, yeah. with, with what they're doing. So, um, so I agree. And the, uh, and, and I'll note that that, uh, that D5 revival has the same elite 670 movement that that Hublot does as well. Um, yeah. I think it's around seven or $8,000, uh, something like that. Uh, the dial though on that, uh, revival one is pretty cool. They, they do a hell of a smoked fume whatever it's called dial uh yep. it's it looks it's just fantastic and it's like gray but it's like warm so it's kind of between this uh you know what it's like uh our crown and uh buckle friends make this strap in a color called grayge mm -hmm. it's like that it's like a grayge and so uh check that out that is also on the site i think we've got uh, a couple of live shots in there maybe um to and uh and i'll respond some guy called me out in the comments for for my photography um i was like hey man you got to see the room that i'm trying to do this in <laughs> and uh and some of the people that are standing around and, and all this stuff it's uh it's less than ideal uh you know so sue me yeah. um not easy either <laughs> yeah it's not easy uh but we had a picture in there in the header um uh that was meant to be uh, kind of like down low uh and it, so i swapped them out um but the one picture that was in the header was supposed to just be focused on the dial texture. Um, so anyway, commenter, chill. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not the greatest uh, photographer in the world, uh, but uh, you make do with what you get. So uh, so anyways, all right, let's move on to um, uh, the other big news. This was kind of a surprise. Um, well, that it happened just that day. We knew it was coming, but uh, this is the 50th anniversary of a watch called the Royal Oak uh, by a little brand, uh, Audemars Piguet. Uh, they ever heard of it? Ever? I think. Yeah. You, yeah. Come on. It's uh, it's one of those uh, you know, big three, whatever you call them, <laughs> the Holy Trinity. I think, right? Um, and boy, Holy Trinity. That's Vacheron, Constantine, Audemars Piguet, and what's the other one? Patek Philippe. Oh yeah, Patek Philippe. Those yeah. guys. Um, I don't know is that right should those really be the big three i guess that's a whole other podcast discussion um, yeah right there i'd put Lange in there right why does there only need to be three who makes these rules that is a good question i do not have the answer okay to, to <laughs> all right well, well we'll dive into that maybe some internet message boards made the rules yeah maybe. yeah i guess so um i'm sure zach weiss would have a thing or two to say about that too so maybe we'll <laughs> we'll wait till he's on we can go go down that rabbit hole uh well uh, anyways the royal the royal oak. so the 15202 which we've known was going to be replaced was replaced uh by the 16202 um and this is a watch that looks uh well i'll be honest it looks the same as the 15202 uh, <laughs> in 
which is not a bad thing. Uh, this is a great looking watch. Uh, it kept its dimensions still 39 millimeters and eight millimeters and some change thick. Uh, but uh, the original famously used uh, the JLC uh, 21, uh, 21, something like that, uh, caliber. And uh, Audemars Piguet put their own new movement in the watch. And uh, the physical dimensions of the movement are, are a little bit bigger than the JLC movement that was in there um, because they, they put some... Uh, some new features in there. It's got a longer power reserve, a quick set date, and things like that. Uh, but they they managed to do it without increasing the physical exterior dimensions of the watch. Is that an impressive thing? Is that something that uh, I feel like? Oh, they did more with the movement. They made be- they made more use of the given space, right? Is that a more efficient use of of space <laughs> without growing <laughs> the actual exterior dimensions of the case? So couldn't the old yeah. jumbo just have been thinner then? And like and, and smaller, like yeah. If they, uh, yeah, I, that stands to reason. <laughs> Using common sense, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so the old one was just obviously an inefficient use of the interior space. <laughs> Another cell phone by AP. Yeah, uh, boy. Are we <laughs> so it's uh, they still make it in steel. Obviously, I'm sure it will still be impossible to get. So, and as much as it doesn't make any difference to anybody, I think the retail price is, you know, twenty eight thousand dollars, twenty seven thousand dollars, twenty three thousand. Uh, it doesn't really matter. It will hit the secondary market and be uh, instantly a hundred thousand plus uh, dollar watch. Um, my biggest issue with this watch, though, is the uh, implementation of the fiftieth on the rotor of the movement. Um, this is a pretty classy brand we're talking about here. Audemars Piguet, um, Holy Trinity that we just <laughs> discussed. Um, you know, this is one of the greatest sport watches, uh, you know, of all time, as the people say, uh, as collectors, uh, fancier than us say. Uh, and here we've got this 50th that's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like bold italicized. What did you say, Zach? Like, it's like the side, <laughs> so like a, a, beyond, a, along the side of a yeah, NASCAR? A, a friend of mine texted me and, and said it reminded him of like, the the numbering on like a nascar yeah car. <laughs> yeah and uh like now i can't i can't unsee that so um, yes it's so, yeah. uh yeah i think w- when i saw it my you know matchbox cars came to came to mind uh yeah similar vein um yeah definitely a jersey number vibe there <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i didn't i didn't catch that until jersey just number now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's another that's a good one yeah. yeah it's like yeah i feel like i'm looking at the at the back of a hockey jersey but yeah that's just me yeah yeah, to me, it looked like a Super Bowl logo, but instead of it being the Roman numerals, it's... <laughs> okay, okay. You know, we, we've all been banned from the AP Boutique in, in Manhattan, I've just found out. Uh, you know, I wasn't going to get an allocation anyway. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. Not, not, not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, I know it's an easy watch to poke fun at. They have the one version of it is gold with this smoked gold dial. Uh, that did not exist in the uh, in the prior version, the 15202 um with that kind of a dial. I like that watch a lot. <laughs> if yeah, if we're talking like gold really and nice. Fume, like that's a banger, uh, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and if I was going to go gold, that's uh, that'd be a that'd be a nice one to do. I think the MSRP on that one is like $70,000, so I don't know. Let's assume a couple hundred. Yeah, <laughs> if you're going to get it, you might as well get that one. That's yep, <laughs> that's that's going to be the one. Um, Thomas, what do you think of the Royal Oak? Do you have any feelings about the Royal Oak and uh, what do you think of the new one? Um, you know, I've, I've at, uh, certain points have gotten to have hands on the watch, um, just as far as a, 
a sports watch with an integrated bracelet, I, you know, it's, it, it's, it's its own thing, I guess, as far as, um, handling an Audemars Piguet Royal Oak. Um, I did see that they have, that they came out with a smaller version, the, uh, 37 mm-hmm. millimeter, yeah. um, but it's like you said, uh, it's just hard to see what, what hard to understand the changes that they made. Um, and I, I kind of get this feeling of, you know, when the Explorer 2 came out and they were expecting like this big anniversary <laughs> and then it's like, oh, like everybody yeah. was expecting this big change and like yeah. what's different about the watch. And I, I kind of feel like that's what I get from this. I, I see the watch and um, it it's, it's still the royal oak to me and um yep. not that i was like expecting a huge change or um yeah. you know that that had allocation like <laughs> like zach has mentioning like you know that i was expecting to get this watch but yeah that that's the vibe i get from this look it's 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 between a rock and a hard place like they're damned if they do damned if they don't like if they change the dimensions of it people will be really up in arms right because it's famously like it's a pretty perfect watch in in, in dimensions uh, on the wrist I absolutely adore the Royal Oak. This or the Jumbo Royal Oak on the wrist, I think it's uh, it's it's great. I like it a lot. Uh, if they had had made it a couple a few millimeters bigger or something like that, I think it would they would have had real issues on their hands. And uh, so you know, I, I think I was more expecting. Um, you know, are they going to change uh, that tapestry pattern just a little bit? Are they going to do something different with the branding? I would have put money on uh, uh, the the branding on the dial to be like what they did on the only watch version, which was uh, like the non-scripted version of the Audemars Piguet uh, up at the top, Um, especially for the 50th anniversary. I thought, oh, they're probably going to do that like old school branding. And then like the year, the next year of production, they would go back to the normal one. Um, But this one is going to look, look just like that, which they did for the only watch one, which I thought was absolutely uh, beautiful. Um, but they didn't, it, so it looks, it looks pretty much the same. Uh, and the, the other, what was the, the other disappointing thing that I found about this? Um, so the, they, uh, they talk about the art of making that dial, that color, uh, uh, they, Ben talked about it in his article over at Hodinki, uh, which is very good and you should go read. And they've also have the, uh, this kind of like archive article chronicle article on their website that details all of this stuff which is uh really cool uh, i definitely recommend uh checking that out if you haven't it's um it's a lot of words on the history of uh of uh, of the royal oak and they talk about the you know the artistry of making this dial this color which is you know in, uh, perhaps inconsistent imperfect process uh but that's kind of you know that's the whole point of all this stuff, right? It's a mechanical watch. They are inherently less accurate and less consistent than a quartz watch. Uh, you know, that, that's kind of like part of the deal here. And then uh, and then we find out the new dials, just, you know, they just PVD coded them to get the same, <laughs> get the same <laughs> color. And I don't know, like we're used to seeing PVD coded watches in the micro brand space for, you know, not a lot of money that are, that are kind of accessible. So to me, like hearing that about the dial, like almost cheapened it a little bit. Like, no, no, no. I want the, you know, the person like doing the thing by eye and maybe it's a little imperfect or maybe it's a little inconsistent. Maybe they have a range of color. Like to me, that adds like a real artistry to the process. And well, to find out dials the, are so easy to make. They'll be able to make a bunch of them and they like can the, meet demand. Yeah. So, hey, like, if that happens, great. Like, and if that was the reason for it, like, 
you know, more power too. If I can, if I can walk into the boutique tomorrow and buy one at retail, then fabulous. And I think everybody should be able to, um, and, and no complaints there. But um, anything else? I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a fan. This is just like calling at the time. Maybe this is just one of these small things because. You know, if if nobody told you that, you're not going to know the difference. But since they like detail that whole process of what it was like to get those dials like that, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I want that. Like, that's the kind of stuff I want in my new modern watch. You know, like uh, it just seemed to be missing the point uh, there a little bit. But is that just me? Did you guys feel that way? No, I completely agree with you. I think that that like I I read that. I had to read it multiple times to kind of like understand like just like what like what are they what is he trying to say like we'll link obviously to ben's piece and it's a it's a really good kind of overview of the watch but like to to hear him describe like the artisanal way that these dials were made in the past um and i'm not exactly if the i've like i said i read it a couple of times it's not exactly clear like when they stopped doing this like maybe mm. the previous generation royal oak was you know had the same sort of like pvd process i'm not really sure um but like it's not a that's not like a good thing that like this high end luxury watch has like a cheaper, um, like kind of like easier, you know, easier completed manufacturing process, like that they figured out a shortcut. Like I don't yeah. want to, I don't want a shortcut on a $30,000 watch. Would like, this be like, to... like Lange figured out to uh, like, Hey, we figured out how to engrave the balance cock with like lasers. So yeah, like, we got like, rid of they, all like, those people doing it by hand. We've mastered CNC machining <laughs> yeah. and like, we, you know, we don't need to hand finish everything. So like, yeah. it's just as good and more consistent, but like, no, like I want, I want people to touch it. Like I want, I want the handwork. Like that's the whole point yeah. of, a, of a watch like this. Yeah. And if they're a little inconsistent, so be it, you know, that's, yeah. that's just how it goes. Uh, so, um, other than that though, I mean. I guess it is what it is. This will kind of set the template. And and Thomas, you mentioned the thirty-seven millimeter ones, and they they there was a slew of of other <laughs> new Royal Oaks uh, that were released. I gotta say, I'm not a huge fan of of any of the Royal Oaks outside of the of of, of the Jumbo, basically, uh, the fifteen two hundred two, the the fifty four hundred two, um, uh, the first the first one, and and then the you now the sixteen two hundred two. Uh, it, it's the the smaller pattern on the dial. Those uh, the smaller case size use that larger block pattern tapestry on the dial, which I think looks um, uh, I don't know, a lot less graceful uh, to me. So to me, it's either it's either that jumbo or, or nothing. I'm ride or die on that one. Uh, I those thirty eight millimeter are you, are chronos using are the good, same but process there. Well, uh, yeah. So it's as far as I know, yeah. They put it in the machine, and it's a uh, right. you know it like goes over the bumps, and then it uh, right. slowly carves out that pattern in the dial. Pretty cool. Uh, stuff so um so anyways that's that's my take there i like overall i still think it's it's a it's a it's a great looking watch i mean i know that the current at the moment culture and hype around it just is what it is and i certainly don't appreciate many aspects of that but the watch for what it is and its heritage i get behind that like yeah i'm on board with it um so uh, so that's my story. Um, what did you guys think of all of these releases uh, this week? Be sure to let us know down in the comments below. If we missed something, let us know. Um, we have, uh, we've got some cool guests coming up in the coming weeks, so be sure to keep an eye out there. Uh, and we have some cool announcements coming up on the site uh, as well. So uh, be in touch, and uh, thank you for listening. Until next time, take care. Take care.